Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are continuing. This is our second episode of The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. We read chapters two, three, and four, wherein Kaladin's life has taken a bit of a turn since we last saw him, and uh, he uh, makes a friend, a magical friend, maybe? And then we meet Shalon, and she has a whole other thing going on in a whole other part of this world. And uh, some sailors, some interesting little bits there. And then back to Kaladin for some more sad, more or less. So anyway, I'm Data, and with me today is Joe, Jamie, and Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sandra Lanch is about to begin. yeah we took a little bit of a break recording although you guys should have heard the break before the previous episode we decided to on Dak's suggestion like maybe it'd be better if we put the break between the two books instead of right after we start a new book so we might be a a little bit rusty here but uh what did you guys think of these four chapters four see see you (laughs) see what i mean i'm already messing it up flying stop let's go three chapters we only read three of them. What did you think of those? Hopefully you ah, it, it, No, I didn't read four. I read through chapter four. Maybe that's what you're thinking. Because we read two, three, be. and four. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm excited for this book. So far, I'm enjoying it. I, I really want to know what's up with all these, like, things in the world that are obviously, like, you know, on our world, wouldn't move around and do things, but they do in this world. They're... Everything seems alive, the trees, the grass, but more so more alive than they are on our home planet here, alive to the point of possible like sentience or at least extreme like instinct, survival instinct. And so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely intrigued the more we read Kaladin. Yeah, he's in a sticky situation. But at the end of our section here, maybe it looks like things may be looking up for him slightly, at least as far as his goals are concerned. And Shalan, Shalan, however you say her name, uh, she seems like a sweet gal. I'm excited to know more about her. She did kind of have, not stereotypical, but like her description, I'm just like, okay, we get it. She's a she's a redheaded bookworm fantasy character. Like, I get it. But maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's more to her if we peel back those layers. Uh, so uh, so hopefully we'll get into that. But yeah, really enjoying the book so far. Excited to read more. I like uh, I like this. It's like ah, oh, she's, she's the stereotypical redheaded bookworm, which it, it just it's funny to me because we're told I think by her here that's like red hair not super common here, mm-hmm. and so you're like ah, she's one of those redheads. They're all over the place. Well, maybe not, not in, in this world, world but in, yeah. <laughs> but in but in fiction, you know what can you do? People got to have red hair. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's, a, it's technically a mutation, but sure. Uh, and then we got, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I warned you guys, it's like grass, trees may not be exactly what you think of as grass and trees, 
and uh, you, you, like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different going on here. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that's really stuck with me when you, you sort of gave us that little warning before we started reading it. And I'm like, cool, I'm building this mental picture, but I am at every turn prepared for that mental picture just to be thrown <laughs> on its head and something to be just completely different to what we think. And I think, you, well, like what Joe was saying, that everything seems to be alive, like the all these friends and spirits and stuff like that that are around everything which just sounds really busy but you Callan 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 no oh my Kaladin. god I've forgotten his name there is a d Kaladin. in there yeah okay okay I think I got him confused momentarily with another character that we've read we had doesn't matter Halak in the last episode no 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 I'm thinking like historically like maybe Elantris uh, isn't there a someone else doesn't matter really doesn't Kaladin. matter Callan this book Kaladin. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it sounded wrong to me. So Kaladin, you know, he's talking about that the, the spirits are often you just don't pay attention to them or like if they're annoying one person, it's like they choose who's going to see them, which I thought was really interesting. But the the grass and the, the trees, like just parting ways for the carts to come through. I was like, oh, yeah, and like everything's everything's different. So it's cool because then you've kind of got this picture in your head and then it's like, oh, wait, no, that's a thing. And then you kind of plug it into what you've already read. And I'm going to have to go back already, I think, and start reading them, start reading the book again all the way through. I'm going to need some serious notes in this book. It's, <laughs> you know, different skin tones even. And, you know, you've got that people have got like pale blue skin and then these people are like mottled and the the, the mottling on them is unique to them and it's just – sounds like I'm already like watching something from Guardians of the Galaxy where everyone is just so different, you know, yep. but obviously not out in space. Anyway, overall, yeah, I like the chapters. I You can just feel that this story is so much bigger already. Just the amount of detail I think that he's putting into, like Sanderson's putting into everything. It, feels it feels bigger like the world building happening is is huge and obviously we think about things in what what do we what do we think is going to happen next and predictions and stuff and I just think we're so normally by the second or third week into a book you're going to be like oh I can see sort of how these characters are going to find their way to each other yeah I could stitch something together but it's it's so big it's huge like it's all still setting the scene. And the first chapter that we read this week had an eight-month time gap again, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> more, more time jumps. Mm-hmm. What What's happened in the last eight months? Which we, we do get a bit of backfill on that a little bit, so it's not, you know, a completely terrible time jump. Sucks to be Kaladin, for sure. That's <laughs> It sounds pretty horrific what he's going through, and I do hope things are going to look up for him now. It's... I'm glad that we're coming to see the the shattered planes already. That's was unexpected, and our sort of princess, she, her brightness, a, a lady. She's yeah. not a princess, but she's some kind of nobility. How annoying would it be, like the safe hand thing, having to have your hand button up? Like, right? Oh, I just imagine if you were naturally left-handed. Uh-huh. Like that. Because it sounds like the left hand is the safe hand for everybody. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Not, you don't choose which one. It's, yeah, that would be really annoying. But I'm keen to learn a bit more about her. She sounds 
sort of interesting, maybe stereotypical. I don't know. I haven't really read any fantasy outside of Brandon's work. So, <laughs> sure, stereotypical. But I, I think I like her character. She's got a bit more to her to uncover, I think, which is fun. And she's definitely got secrets to to keep. So Yeah, we find yeah. out for sure she's got some of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like the comparison to the Guardians of the Galaxy because when she gets off the boat and it's just like, look at all these people from different cultures who look completely different. It does feel that same way to me. Mm. And I, it is always I've always felt that uh, that like the safe hand thing would be insanity, especially like you said, if you're left handed and you're just like, what, how do I, uh, I want to use my hand. This uh, it, it's interesting little world building cultural details like this that uh, I I really love. It's like yeah, this culture they cover their hand for propriety. Yeah, it's cool. It, it it's a cool detail. Just the the logistics of it stress me out a little bit. Yep. Well, you, you got all your dresses have a longer sleeve on that side so you can cover up, and you get a, a little pouch to keep secret stuff in. She says that her most valuable spears are in her safe pouch in that sleeve. I feel like that will like drastically change like your weight distribution if you got like a heavy pouch at the end of one arm all the time. That's even worse. <laughs> Walking would get awkward. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just uh, you know, being a foreign woman is tough. What can I say? Not that uh, not that her life seems tough at this point compared to Kaladin, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, of the two, I know which life I'd prefer. Yeah. My family are referring to it at the moment as uh, my diamond is too pointy. It's like it's not really a problem. <laughs> you, know, you, you still have a diamond. <laughs> it's fine. I like that. Not first world problems. My diamond is too pointy. Yep. Okay. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, good chapters. I did do a double take when we started and it's like straight into, oh, yeah, Kaladin is a captive. I'm like, wait a second. Did we skip? Did we miss something? Uh, and uh, yeah, technically we did, but we didn't miss any chapters. So. <laughs> but yeah no like quite a like interesting time um i like our characters i i'm interested to see where they're going i am not sure what to make of all the spren and the various types of spren that we're getting i'm like okay i really need to try and wrap my head around this so especially the one that's talking to kaladin I'm like, what 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 are you what is your deal so yeah i i really enjoyed these chapters but i'm just like man i really need to I'm gonna I'm gonna need a guidebook at some point to figure all this shit out. Yep, need more information. Yes. Yeah. Weirdness happening. Yeah, the spren yeah. are one of the things I think is gonna take the or it's the weirdest thing to try to picture because it's just like they're kind of everywhere in in the scene with Seth walking down the hall. It's like the torches had flame spren around them. When people on the other side of the door were scared, there were fear spren. He talks about wind spren in these chapters, and it's just like, yeah, these things are just everywhere. Yeah. Doing doing weird stuff. And Kaladin has found the weirdest one of all, apparently, who's not acting like they're supposed to act. Uh, yes, and I, you guys can already kind of get a get a beat on why we had at least that one email who's like, yeah, you guys might want to take notes. I don't know. Uh, stuff yeah, I gets it. complex. I have and, not been taking notes. I'm winging it, and... Like, that might be unwise, but that's my decision to make. Yeah, right. We're only four chapters in, so, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows? Yeah, no, I'm very I'm very much the guy that's like, uh, well, you could get a tattoo memory, like, tattoo, a uh, memory tattooed onto you, or you could remember it. Yeah, there you go. I'm not a yeah. big note taker either most of the time. 
Then there like, are people uh, like your wife that uh, doesn't remember <laughs> anything. <laughs> no, I'm I'm the much the same. Even if I forget stuff, like when we go to foreign places, I'm like, I don't want to take pictures. I just want to remember it. Makes it sound like Jamie's going to get a tat- memory tattoos. Just like it's memento. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go down that far, but I, I genuinely just don't remember stuff. It's very annoying. <laughs> eh, it's fine. We all have our strengths. It's true. I guess let's uh, let's do this thing. So yeah, we uh we do get another time skip. It was uh it was forty five hundred years, and then it was five years, and now it's eight months. So they're getting smaller at least. And mm. this uh, chapter two is honor is dead, which as I mentioned is the inspiration for our theme song this time around. So that's good. <laughs> So and, these things at the beginning, sorry okay. to interrupt, but just these things at the beginning, like they almost there. I've noticed, I'm sure everybody else has noticed at this point, too, that they're always like the last words of people before they died. So I'm just like, what? What is this a record of? It's like, actually just like someone's walking through a graveyard and looking at all the tombstones. Yeah. And they like last <laughs> their last words on tombstones. Now, the way it's written, like I, I, I assume these have to be like this has to be like from some kind of. recorder of deaths or something like that whether it's you know a normal kind of like doctor's record or if it's like a supernatural record it's that's what it seems like to me anyway yeah i I think one of them actually i mean they say collected at this time so it does it definitely sounds like a some sort of formalized they're going around and doing something someone at least but i guess yeah if if people are saying weird things before they die is that like everybody is that just something that happens on this planet and we're collecting interesting ones or is there some sort of special circumstance yeah they must be recording it to know how exactly how long it is before they die but are these people that are like waiting for their death are they sick are they about to be executed like a death friend running around with little tape recorders like <laughs> I like it. they're not waiting for their death it's like a piano dropped on this guy right after he said it and someone just wrote it down luckily <laughs> everyone is compelled as they're dying to just say the weirdest shit possible <laughs> just to mess with you man i sure hope i go to the afterlife wearing pants said this one was collected five seconds before death from a light-eyed woman in her third decade she says ten orders we were loved once why have you forsaken us almighty shard of my soul where have you gone so yeah i mean that means something maybe mm-hmm. And then she said, all I want some pants, a decent pair of <laughs> decent pants. Decent pair of pants. Yep. Solomon Grande won't pay its too. Freaking brainiac. Solomon, Solomon Grande. Yeah. That's a classic, it's an car- cl- classic commercial from Cartoon For Cartoon Network. Network, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yes, eight months later, and actually, uh, I was going to take a point it's uh, i was gonna take a moment at some point during this episode to point out something interesting and i may as well do it here there is uh along the the lines that i previously mentioned of like you know don't assume that you know what you know so lengths of time they use the same words for them on roshar but they're not necessarily exactly the same so a rosharan week is five days a month has 10 weeks so 50 days and a year has 10 months so 500 days to a year, but their days are slightly shorter than ours. So uh, at some point, Brandon's like, yeah, the difference would be like 10%. So if someone on Roshar says they're 20 in Earth years, they'd be like 22. And so as we get into ages of people and, and stuff like that and these uh, these time jumps, just something to keep in the back of your brain 
that uh, it means a different thing there than it does to us. So 10 is the magic number on this planet. Yeah, there's 10 heralds. There's 10 months in a year, 10 mm. weeks in a month. Yeah, they, they like 10s. Just on, on Skatrill, they like 16s. What can you do? Well, 16 had repercussions throughout the greater Cosmere because, you know, that's how many shards of an Alstium there were. But yeah, it's true. You know, these guys these guys got their own shit going on. <laughs> and it was like the 10th shard is just like, uh, like you know what? Fuck you all. I'm doing my thing here. Yeah, maybe. I'm, like, I'm, I'm wondering, was there an order? Or is there an or, like a numerical order to the shards? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. We don't know, so I can only assume that they're off. Yeah, why not? Whatever's the most fun. That's what you assume. Yeah. So Kaladin, who we last saw like throwing a knife into some dude's eye and leading his, uh, he he was the lucky squad leader, <laughs> Storm Blessed, they called him, and now he's not anymore. Accepting a bowl of slop through the bars of the cage that he is in as the cage is pulled. It's like a wagon cage. Makes me think of like uh, Django when they put him in the wagon cage. And uh, yeah, the slop's not great, but it's what what there is to eat. So, And it says that he's ha- suffered eight months of beatings, deprivation, and brutality. So we last saw him eight months ago. Uh, so right around that same time, some bad stuff went down for him. He's a slave, but he doesn't need to think like one. There's also ten slaves in the wagon. Look at that, some more ten. One of them has a cough, and we will come back to that guy later. As they're as they're trudging along with these wagons, we get a, a windspren shows up, an amorphous, vaguely translucent figure, which sticks his bowl to his hand for a second as a joke, I guess, because it laughs afterwards and flies off. So apparently windspren are just known for playing pranks. Yeah, sure. How annoying would that be? It would be annoying. She strikes me, this character strikes me as very, like, uh, you know, Tinkerbellish. Yeah, I, I get a Tinkerbell vibe, too. Yeah, I see it. And then another slave comes up, and he's like, hey, you're not like the others. And we find out that he has brands on his forehead, three brands that indicate he's a slave. Two of them making a glyph pair that we find out later, like, explains where you were made a slave, essentially. And the third one was a new brand that says shosh, which means dangerous. And so this guy's like, yeah, I heard you tried to escape, that you have escaped. Take me with you next time. I'll give you half my food from now on. He's just like, you're an idiot. If you gave me half your food, you would be too weak to escape, even if I was going to flee, which I'm not going to do. Ten times, ten escape attempts in eight months. And how many of them worked? He's like, well, I mean, you're you're still here. So that's right. None of them worked. (laughs) You can't hide as a slave, not with that brand on your forehead, which, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, that's one way to make sure everybody who sees him knows that guy is definitely a slave. I think a lot of, like, fantasy cultures, uh, or even just, like, real-life cultures, like, when they had slaves, it's like, yeah, we're just going to, like, mark you so that even if you escape, everyone knows who you belong to. Yep. It's fairly standard. Yeah, not not to get into Final Fantasy 16 too quickly, or Final Fantasy <laughs> But Absolutely. the main character becomes a slave and is marked with a brand. That's that's fun, fun, fun. Yeah, Being branded. You that's to, uh, you have to get a skin graft later in the game to uh, get it removed. Spoilers. But it's not just like any brand. It's like a magic brand. So like if you don't if you don't know how to remove it, you could kill the person. It's a whole thing. Huh. I mean, I guess yeah. If you don't want slaves running around getting their brands taken off, then uh, got to magic it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they roll along, 
the grass in front of them like withdraws into holes in the stone as they pass and then pokes itself back out after they go by. Which, hey, that's grass doesn't usually do that. And then the the guy leading the caravan is one of these names that I'm going to hate. Tavlakov? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just calling him Tavlak because I was like, that sounds easier to say. This guy, again, Final Fantasy, struck me as very Guadawish, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, see, I, was, I could kind of see it. I was going with how to pronounce the name. Uh, it made me think of a classic one-off Simpsons character, Crazy Vaklov, and his yeah. automobiles. It's like, <laughs> it's like, put it in H. What country is this car from? It no longer exists, but it gets like 400 kilometers to a single tank of kerosene. <laughs> That's this guy. Okay, no, I'll go with it. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, another slave comes up to Kaladin after the, the first guy goes away, and he's like, "Hey, uh, like, how'd you get how'd you get made a slave? We're, we're all wondering." Me, I stole a herd of chull. The man said, "If I'd taken one, they might have just beaten me, but a whole herd, seventeen head." <laughs> and and finding out later a little bit more about chull, I gotta say, I'm impressed with this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's no mean feat. <laughs> Yeah, stole a giant herd, uh, 17 head of giant crustaceans. Pretty amazing. As you do, yeah, you know. So I was hoping I was getting kind of the right idea. Are these like giant hermit crab things? Is that what they are? They are very, they, they, I don't know if hermit crab is exactly right. They're crab, they're crabish. And we'll see pictures of one eventually, I think. Okay. So we will get a a better view of them. But yeah, crabs. Need some livestock? Why not Zoidberg? (laughs) Yeah, crab people, crab people, (laughs) man, talk like people. Oh goodness! Yeah, they have. uh, They have. We have Chols pulling the wagons that we're using. So, um, you know, they they are around. And uh, the guy's like, "So yeah, what did you do? How'd you get made a slave?" McAllen's like, "Change the subject. Be like, well, how how'd you get caught with your seventeen giant crabs that you stole?" And he's like, oh, yeah, it was a woman, of course. Should have known she'd sell me out. Man, thinking about it, I'm actually so disappointed. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make livestock and I'm going to make them crabs, but I'm not going to call them crabble instead of cattle. <laughs> no, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, we don't. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe Chull is singular and crabble is. Nah, he did say I heard a Chull. Yeah. And I like uh, to, to cap off. Or to to match with our the name of our chapter, Kaladin's internal dialogue is like, were there men who had honor out there? No, honor died eight months ago. Oh damn! Wow, he's uh he's depressed. Poor guy. Eight months of slavery. That's yeah, I don't blame him for being depressed about. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, we should coin a new phrase: Netflix and chill. What do you guys think? <laughs> I, I, maybe they taste good. I don't know. I don't want one watching Netflix with me, but. To, you know, <laughs> sure. cook some up. Oh, the Charles on the couch again. He just wants to watch some Studio Ghibli. <laughs> yeah, and the new no, the new season of Bake Offs on Netflix. He's he's trying to. He's like, poor little cake, soggy bottom. You know, <laughs> he just wants he just wants to watch Bake Off. My thing about crab has always been that it's too much work for the amount of meat that you get out. Mm. So if if you had a crab that was like the claw was way more giant. But the same amount of effort to break open, I would be happy about that. Sure. We did have a giant-ass crab claw on that seafood platter we got. 
Was it good? It was fantastic. That platter also had like three half lobsters on it, so I was in heaven. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. nice. Look at you eating cockroaches of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so Kaladin says, yeah, you shouldn't have stolen shawls. They're too slow. Horses would have been better. And the guy's like, you think I'm nuts? If I got caught stealing horses, I'd have been hanged. Shoals at least only got me made a slave. And Kaladin can read the, the brands on his head. He's like, oh, yeah, that means that you're from, like, whatever district. He's like, you know glyphs? Hey, this guy knows glyphs. Man, your story <laughs> must be really good. <laughs> I like how impressed he is. He's like, oh, hey, everybody, he knows glyphs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's impressive. I think we find out in, in Shalon's chapters that uh, reading is not super common for men. Especially not for Crabble Rustlers. Yeah, well, yeah. And so uh, eventually he manages to get out of Kaladin. The reason he became a slave, he goes, I killed the Light Eyes. And he's like, oh, geez, I, I'm surprised they let you live. And he's like, no, no, killing the Light Eyes isn't why I was made a slave. It's the one I didn't kill. That's the problem. And then he will not say more about that. <laughs> let me just be as enig- eg- enigmatic as possible. Good day, sir. Yep. <laughs> Super enigmatic. I Show said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, He's a it's mean. Yeah. yeah. Kaladin the Tease. That's his new nickname. Yeah. And so he's just sitting here concentrating on how, how much it burns where he was branded not too long ago and has memories of his father teaching him how to properly care for a burn. He's like, well, I don't have any of the crap that you're supposed to use. I can't even wash it like I'm supposed to. So what's the point mm-hmm. of having all this knowledge? Yeah. What are the, the little little things that eat at his wound? They were talking about him, I think, in another chapter, too. Are these like magic carry on oh just hold on i'm trying to see Brian or something yeah, i don't know i'm not seeing that part in here it may it may be a little bit later but i think it was happening to his uh in the middle of the battle they were talking about him too they like come to eat like oh, blood and stuff oh. oh um let's see if he'd had a mirror he could probably have spotted tiny red rot spren gathering around the wound yeah rot spren that does sound unpleasant the sun sets and Violet Salas peaked over the horizon, the first moon, mm. and two hours past first moon, they call halt. They have a, a serving boy who tends to the chulls, the large crustaceans nearly as big as the wagons themselves. They pull into their shells for the night with clawfuls of grain. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just picturing that, like he just pulls into his shell and takes a big claw of grain in there to eat. Salas was the smallest and dimmest of the moons. Doesn't tell us how many moons there are, I guess. Probably ten. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then a soft feminine voice is like, ooh, what's that? And here's a little a little windspren taking the shape of a young woman. Larger spren could change shapes and sizes. And so she's made, uh, she's like a, she looks like a little, a little blue woman with the flowing dress all made of the same stuff, basically. And he's a sprenner around all the time, and usually you just ignore them, but this one's weird. She's walking and looking at these leaves that he has in his hand. And she, she goes, what is it? You can show me. I won't tell anyone. Is it a treasure? Have you cut off a piece of the knight's cloak and tucked it away? Is it the heart of a beetle so tiny yet powerful? I love I love this line. It's just. Uh. <laughs> yeah, now I want to know what's up with beetles. Right? Yeah. Kaladin, why must you ignore me? And he's like, wait, what? Storm you. What? What did you spirit? What did you say? Repeat that. But nobody else saw it because he established like they can just appear to who they want to appear to. And so he just looks like a psycho when he's like, did any of you hear that? That thing said my name. And he didn't say that part. But <laughs> he's freaking out about it. 
And usually the windspread just like repeats stuff that they've heard, but no one knew his name. So no one could have said his name. And then she comes back and she's like, hey, why don't you fight? You did before. Now you've stopped. Why do you care, spirit? I don't know. But I do. Isn't that odd? I like this. She, she does, doesn't even have any idea why she's uh, why she cares. But she's like, I do, though. Strange. People don't eat leaves, you know, Kaladin. Or do you? I can't remember. It's so strange stuffing some things in your mouths and then leaking out other things when you don't think anyone is looking. I mean, that's... Why are you watching me leak. <laughs> yeah, quit it. Her her summary is pretty accurate, but <laughs> look away. <laughs> it just makes me think of Ben. Just stop ben. looking. Yeah, it makes me think of Bender. It's like phew, shooting DNA at each other to make babies. <laughs> Sir, you appear to be leaking. Um, Cooling at a, at, a, at a very fast rate. I'll just patch that up with some hot resin. Ah, uh, no thanks. Uh, classic pretending to be a robot. And uh, so she, yeah, why don't you fight? You did before. And she's like, eh, I'm so tired. I failed, spirit. Must you torment me? They were all dead. Sen and Dalit. And before them, before Tux and the Takers. Before that, Tien. I mean, he, he, he had some Dragon Ball Z friends. Who knew? I was going to say, like, oh, yeah. cool. So the bold three-eyed dude is here. Yeah. <laughs> He, I mean, Ken dies sometimes. You just got to get over it, honestly. Yeah, he, actually, I think not he as much as Krillin. Is it just once? Well, you, you no, it's it's twice. I think he died no. in the Boo Saga as well. No, as he he did not die in the Boo Saga. He actually escaped the Boo killing beam because he comes back later and like helps save the day. It doesn't, but then Boo blows up the Earth, so it wasn't oh. Tien on the Earth. Yeah, you're right. He's dead. He did. Tien has apparently died three times, according to the Internet. Hmm. Jesus. Three times. Does it count GT? Because I don't count that. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me see. It might count Super, and I don't know if he dies in Super. I haven't watched it. Uh, I don't think so. It, it, it doesn't like my ad blocker, so let me refresh this page and read about it. <laughs> Vegeta has three deaths. Yamcha has three deaths. Oh, where, where'd Tien go? There we go. Three deaths. First went to Nappa. Sure. Got his arm punched off. I saw that. Later revived at the same time as Chaozu, and then he's killed along with everyone else on Earth when Kid Buu blows up the planet. Okay, yeah, so blow up the planet. That's the end of the. That's Tien's, the end of Z. Tien's death in the future was presented in two different ways, although both times he dies at the hands of Android 18. The future. So it's like yeah, like alternate future that doesn't really happen, I guess. Yeah, so that doesn't count. I don't count that. Yeah, no. I can see the future. Sorry. Yeah. Goku also has three deaths, and so does. Cell. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's true. Cell. Those things are true. That's what it says. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'll look it up later. Yeah, um, look it up. I, I like second second to most deaths in DBZ according to this list. Krillin at five. Yep. Yeah. He's died a bunch. Most deaths. The entire population of the Earth of Universe Seven. Four deaths. Yes, that is the universe where all of our uh, main characters live. Oh, <laughs> People, people just be dying on that Earth a lot. It's very sad. Yeah, Super, Super's the series that like jumps into like all these universes. So like you know, there's Saiyans in every universe, and there's you know different. So basically, like when the galaxy is not enough for them to compete against, they start competing against people in other universes. Sure. Yeah, right. as, as you need to do. So anyway, he's uh, he's haunted by the deaths of these people. Is is the upshot? All those people from Earth Seven. Uh, and here comes Tavlakov and uh, with his uh, his bucket of water. The, the slaves get a ladle of water every night. 
before bed. And they're all scared of Kaladin because he has the, the danger, dangerous uh, brand on his head. So uh, he's uh, intimidating, I suppose. Which he was in the army and a very capable killer of men, it seems. So maybe it's a deserved brand, honestly. And he's flashing back in his head to his father's voice, explaining how to cure the grinding coughs, which is apparently what this guy has. And he's like, no, don't don't get involved. It's fine. He'll, he'll die. He'll live. Whatever. It's not your business anymore. And here's his father's voice. Can you really leave him, son? Let him die when you could have helped. And so Colin is like, OK, fine, fine. That guy has it, it's called the grinding coughs. He'll live. You just give him an extra ladle of water every two hours for five days. Make sugar in if you have some. And so the uh, the slaver Tvlakov says, pull him out. And they pull this guy out. And Kaladin's like, oh, good. Maybe I really can still help people. And then they kill that guy. Saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's as what, soon as uh, he had a, wanted, a right? positive thought. <laughs> Not allowed to have positive. Uh, I just said the second he thought that was going to go well, I was like, no, this guy's dead. It's not going to be pretty. And it wasn't. He got cudgeled. Yep. Just one smack and he's he's gone. Yep. Well, I think it was like three, wasn't it? Was it? Hold on, let's see. An a loud crack rang in the air, followed by a second and then a third one. Yep. You're right. Shit. Don't tell me how many times somebody got cudgeled. <laughs> I keep track of that shit. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like a good cudgel in this, as much as the next guy. And he's like, you, he could have lived, you bastard. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten you all sick, you see. And we find out this guy is a Thalen, which if you go back to the map, you can find Thalana. It's kind of in the southeast of the, the continent. Mm. I would not lose an entire wagon for one man. And Callan's like, no, he was past the spreading stage. We would have caught it if we were going to catch it already. It's like, Eh, I think he passed saving. I don't care. Well, he's like, why would I believe you that he he wasn't past saving? Like, what what do you what do you know? You're a slave. Also, a man with eyes that smolder and hate. You would kill me. <laughs> I care not, so long as you are strong when the time for sale. Which I mean, well, from a slaver's perspective, maybe that makes sense. I guess it's uh, it's pretty rough. Keep that fury, deserter, and that strength. It will pay me for well on our arrival. And then Kaladin thinks, not if you don't live that long. Oh, damn. And then he discovers that those leaves that he'd been holding on to, that black bane, that still, I can't talk. That black bane that he'd still been holding on to after all this time, that the little spirit asked him about, uh, he has accidentally destroyed the dried leaves. Not enough left to be potent. So even in that, he has been frustrated and he has failed. So it sucks to be Kaladin is this chapter, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, he's the main character or one of the main characters. I'm sure things will start turning up. <laughs> can't can't stay bad for too long if you're if you're the main. Of course, I mean, there's a lot of pages in the books. So even if he, if it's going to turn up for him before the end, we, we could stay bad for a mm. while. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. After this, after the first four chapters were seven percent of the way through the book, I think. Yeah, something like that. And so I, I do like that he, he hadn't even been sure what he was going to use these leaves for, just that uh, you had to dry them before they reached their potency. And he's like, maybe I'll give them to the slaver and get my revenge, or maybe they're my contingency in case things get too unbearable. But now he does not even have those options anymore. And then before the next chapter starts, we get a little uh, a page of drawings of sky eels, which uh, 
just imagine like I, I I don't particularly like eels, you know these these snake things with these sharp mm. teeth swimming around. Thinking about them just sure. flying all around, that's like I I don't want air snakes that are just uh, you know it zooming was, around uh, this, this guy. It was uh, very World of Warcrafty. I feel like there's a section in World of Warcraft on the map where there's like eels that fly around. Are there? Hmm. Could be. We've had a conversation so, once. It's like, oh, what's an animal you're very glad doesn't have wings? And he's just gone <laughs> bears. Bears, sure. sure. Yeah. Do, do not need a flock of bears. That's true. I assume they'd still be solitary even if they could fly. But even one, I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to land on your roof or something. Yeah. No. And so I don't know how <laughs> how, how legible these uh, the, the writing is on this picture in y'all's books. I had to like go out and find one that I could read more easily because it was so tiny trying to look at it on my Kindle uh, app. But there are notes around the pictures of sky eels about uh, just about them. Like they're common near most coastal cities we pass. Most are between four and five feet long, though I spotted one that was nine feet long. So yeah, nine foot long snake just flying through the sky. The magical eel flying through the sky. Nope, exactly. Nope. (laughs) As, as they fly around, they're followed by a swarm of little spren, and the sailors call them luck spren. I do not know their true name. How does this creature stay in the air? We don't know. And then I like the, the picture of it, like, diving down on a rat and grabbing it. I mean, you can have rats. That's fine, but still. Oh, no. The eels are attacking our crabs. Get the nets. <laughs> a man. So the City of Bells is this chapter. A man stood on a cliffside and watched his homeland fall into dust. The water surged beneath, so far beneath, and he heard a child crying. They were his own tears. Subject was a cobbler of some renown, and this was 30 seconds before death. So we have come to Carbranth, the city of bells, and we are meeting Shalon, who is visiting, and she has sailed here on a ship called the Wind's Pleasure. Carbranth is a huge city built in a wedge shape. Which she says, as if it were built into a wide crack with the opening side towards the ocean. And you can hear the bells ringing. There's lots and lots of bells here, which makes sense. City of Bells, there you go. And she has uh, been sailing with Captain Tozbeck, who is a short man, a Thalen with Thalen eyebrows. They're, the Thalens have long eyebrows, which in this case, it says it was like he was waving two fans above his eyes, a foot long each. So yeah, just imagine eyebrows that like go a foot off either side of your head. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Very like I said, maybe think of the guado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this guy was a business connection of her family's, and so they'd gotten him to take her where she needed to go at a reasonable cost, essentially. And she has come here to find Yasna Kolin, who she's been chasing for a while on this boat. Apparently she keeps moving on before uh, Shalon can catch up to her. And we heard very briefly about Yasna back in the prologue because Yasna was the King's daughter who was not at the party when Seth was walking through. He's like, Hey, where'd she go? And she has come from Yakaved, which is another country right next to Alethkar on the map. Meanwhile, Carbranth is kind of like a, a, an independent city state. She's been going from town to town, following Yasna for the better part of six months, it says. That just sounds exhausting. Right? And we all, we find out that Yasna is famous. She's the only member of a faithful royal house who is a professed heretic. So Yasna, not big on the recognized religion of uh, her nation. And so this Tozbek guy has been taking her from city to city with his ship, 
and she's paying him, but it's just like I, she's probably taking him way out of his way and for way longer than he thought it would take. So uh, he says she she thinks like he's not going to like just leave me here, but he might insist that we turn back. But no, there's no message that's been left. Yasna hasn't left here yet. And the captain goes, ah, it, it must be your beautiful face that brought us this favorable wind. The wind spread themselves were entranced by your by you, brightness, Shalon. And then she a sarcastic comment pops into her head and uh, he's like, oh, I can see you. You got to say it. You can't keep that inside. And so apparently she's a bit of a smart mouth and uh, had her tutors had encouraged her to hold her tongue. But she's not very good at it. And uh, like he tells her, you're you're young, young miss. You're like a, a morning sunrise. You are like a sunrise. You mean entirely too crimson pulling at her long red hair prone to making men grouchy when they see me. She's trying to be clever. It's it, it's it's kind of amusing. And so, yeah, they're docking and he's going to have one of his people take her up to the Palanium. Palanium. Pal- I don't know how you say that one. The king lives there. It's the center of the city, so to speak, except it's at the top. And that's where she will be as she's the sister of a king. You wouldn't stay anywhere else. And she's she's very profuse. She's like, thank you, you know, for all that you've done. And he says that they're, they're going to wait here for two days. There's a high storm coming tomorrow, so we can't leave. So if things don't work out, then we'll take you home. And she says, thanks. He's like, don't worry about it. It's nothing more than what we'd be doing anyway. We can take on goods here to trade elsewhere. So, And this is where we get more details about what she looks like as opposed to other women and talking about the covering up of her safe hand. Common dark-eyed women could wear a glove, but a woman of her rank was expected to show more modesty than that. No gloves for Shalon. Yeah, at least if you could wear a glove, you could actually use your hand. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Too important for that kind of thing. Maybe that's what it really is. It's like the the important light-eyed people, they you can't make them do work, or the women at least. So they're like, oh, no, I can't do it. Sorry, my hand's all covered up. Yeah, I just figured it was kind of a sign of some level of nobility. Like you have people that can do things for you. You don't need to do it yourself. Yeah, makes sense. Carbranth was a Vorin kingdom like Alethkar and like Yaakoved. They weren't pagans, and writing was a feminine art. Men only learn glyphs, leaving letters and reading to their wives and sisters. So there's an interesting aspect of this religion that, uh, yeah, men don't learn to read. Only women learn to read. How weird would that be? Interesting. Wonder why. Yeah. And she's like, I suspect that Captain Tozbeck can read. I've seen him holding books. It makes me uncomfortable. Okay. And we find out that off on the Shattered Plains, the Alethi are fighting. And she's like, are they really fighting Parchment out there? But no, like, those are Parshendi. They're different, I guess. So that is what's happening out on the Shattered Plains. The Parshendi who arranged the death of King Gavilar, uh, the Lethi have gone to fight them for revenge. We kind of had that idea from uh, Kaladin's first chapter, but there's some more detail there. And there's sky eels flying around. There's tiny crabs hiding in the cracks of the dock. A prowling mink skulked in the shadows. So, yeah, there's lots of uh, animal detail. It's interesting. And they find that they get a palanquin to take carry her up to the, the palanium. But the guy, I guess, doesn't speak her language. So Yalb, who uh, has gone along from the ship to help her, is having to translate. And I like his attitude where she's like, oh, I really stand out that much. He's like, oh, well, no, of course not. And by that, you mean, yes, a whole lot. And he's like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but you can't go someplace a second time till you've been there a first time, I reckon. Which, yeah, there you go. It's true. And so the the palanquin guy is tra- is kind of given his tour guide spiel and Yalva's translating. He says the city is special because of the late here. 
And Shalon, th- Shalon thinks that many cities are built in lates, areas protected from high storms by nearby rock formations. Carbranth is one of the most sheltered cities in the world. They get up to the top, and Yalv and the other guy have a little bit of an argument. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's offering to split the difference with me if I let him inflate the price for the trip. But on her way here, we do see some of those different people that uh, I, that Jamie mentioned. There's like there's people with blue skin. There's people with like beards. It said like wrapped in cords, so they look like rods. There's just all sorts of different uh, peoples that we Shalon gets to see for the first time here. <laughs> and we find out about how money works in this world a little bit. Two clear chips is enough to pay, and so what they use for money are spheres. Little glass beads. It says a little larger than a person's thumbnail. And inside the glass bead is a much smaller gemstone. The gemstones absorb stormlight, and that makes the spheres grow. Glow, not grow. (laughs) (laughs) And so for different denominations, you have different sizes of gemstone, but you also have different types of stones. So ruby, emerald, diamond, sapphire. She has some of all of these. She fishes out three diamond chips. So when he said clear chips, it was diamond chips. The smallest denominations or denomination. Emeralds were the most valuable for they could be used by soul casters to create food. Whatever that means. The spheres are always the same size, but the gemstone at the center changes. So you got a little tiny splinter of diamond for a chip. You have a mark, which is a larger piece, and that's the medium denomination. And then you have... Does it say what the base one is? Um, I don't see it immediately. But um, the, that medium denomination, the mark, is a little less bright than a candle. So it creates a decent amount of light. She'd only brought infused spheres. as She'd heard that done ones were considered suspect, and sometimes you'd have to bring in someone to verify the authenticity of the stone. So all sorts of information that we have no idea what it means now. And then she gives Yalb a fire mark. So like... A red, presumably ruby. Yeah, there's ruby mark. And she's like, here, I'm giving you this to like wait for a few hours for me to return. He's like, but that's like a week's worth of wages. Well, fine, then it shouldn't be hard for you to wait for that. And she walks in and gets a servant. Oh, diamond bromes. There it is. That's the biggest denomination is a brome. And there are stormlight lamps around shining with white light. And that comes from the bromes that have been infused. And they produce as much light as several candles. So that also explains back when we saw Seth in that uh, prologue where he's walking down the hallways and there's these gemstones in cages creating light. It's the same sort of deal. And so she says, I'm looking for Yasna Colin, Colin, whatever. And the guy goes off to find this person for her. And we get a little information about the Voren belief structure relating to your calling the thing that you dedicate your life to choosing a good profession and working hard at it is the best way to ensure good placement in the afterlife and her own calling. She chose a natural history and she's here to become Yasna's ward and therefore student, which is the first step in her plan to, she says she wants to become a true scholar and this would be the first step towards that, but there's more to it than that. We find out. Uh, let's see. Yasna was a legend. Even Shalon, living in any remote estates in Yakovet, had heard of the Alethi's king's brilliant heretic sister. We found out her father is dead, but that has to be a secret. 
can't let anyone find out because they owe a bunch of money. And if people find out that her dad is dead, then their house will fall. Mm, that's a tough situation. Yeah. They'd be worked to the bone as punishment. In fact, they might even face assassination by disgruntled creditors. So, yes, it's not just that they lose their uh, their stature as a noble house. They might just be murdered. So I would want to keep that shit a secret, too. Yeah, fair enough. And Yasna Colin is the first step in her plan to prevent that. And that's the end of uh, the, the Shalon section. Our last chapter is another Kaladin chapter. The, the epigraph, I'm dying, aren't I? Healer, why do you take my blood? Who is that beside you with his head of, of lines? I can see a distant sun, dark and cold, shining in a black sky. So that was weird. 11 seconds pre-death. Subject was a Rushi Chull trainer. Sample is of particular note. So somebody found this particularly relevant. And the wind sprang his back, bothering Kaladin. Why don't you cry? The other, the others cry at night, but you don't. He's like, well, I mean, it wouldn't change anything. Why do men cry? He's like, ask the Almighty why men cry, little Spren, not me. Uh, we get some more, some more random plants that it's like have spiny green needles on them, but when the wagons pull close, the needles pull inside the stalks. It, it, there is a lot of movement, a lot more movement than we would think of plants as having. Joe was not wrong about that. It's actually Pokemon. Pokemon? Are there moving? Well, I mean, there's. Oh, I see. The plants are Pokemon. I was yep. thinking about the Pokemon world. I was like, do the plants move there? But yeah, I guess when they're Pokemon, they do. Yes. The, yeah, that is exactly what they do. <laughs> and yeah, the so the the Chulls are have antenna, red carapace, and they're box-shaped animals with bulging stony shells and thick trunk-like red legs. And he's heard that their claws can snap a man's arm. But Chulls were docile, particularly domesticated ones, and he'd never heard of anyone in the army to get more than a half-hearted pinch from one. I do. I, I love that in 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 a way because it's just like you got these giant crabs that could like chop your arm off if they wanted to, but they just like they give you a little pinch when they're annoyed. Hey, quit it. <laughs> and Tavlakov is looking at his map and is not happy about it. And Kaladin decides to taunt him. Oh, you lost, huh? Why don't you ask the Almighty for guidance? He loves slavers. And Tavlakov is like, oh, so you. Deserter, I'll let the armies travel this land, these lands for their war. Do you know anything of the area? Kaladin's like, oh, let me let me see that map there. And he snatches the map and rips it to shreds and throws it in the air and says, "Happy Middlefest, you bastards!" Nice. <laughs> yeah. Two shreds, you say? <laughs> Two shreds. <laughs> and Tavlakov is like, "Oh yeah, very clever. So you've made yourself invaluable now. You're the only one who can lead us where we're going." He's like, "Nah, I don't care about that." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, yeah. Take me first. First, find a cliff." Oh, so you can see the area? No, no, so that I can throw you off of it. He's like, but you know what? Sucks to be you. Sucks to suck, because I don't know this area at all. I've never been here. And we found out the Kaladin is, in fact, 19 when the when Tavlakov is like, you can't be more than 18. And he has an interesting note where he, he's like, you know, someday you might get free, and you, but I got to sell you first before that can happen. And Kaladin's like, you don't believe that. I don't think you'd be able to sleep at night if you thought the slaves that you sold might be one day free to come back and get revenge on you. He's like, yeah, maybe. Or maybe I figure that you'd be much more interested in getting revenge on the guy who sold you into slavery in the first place. And when he dies, it'll warn me to run. And who sold him into slavery? Why, High Lord Amaram, who was in charge of the army that he was in, is who we are told is responsible for that. And I like after this whole like conversation, and I, I also like the, to block events, the conversation by like, OK, I believe that you've never been here. Whatever, I'm almost grateful that you rip up the map. It 
was such a crappy map, I was tempted to do it myself. Myself. If if I happen to come across any portraits of my former wives, I shall see that they cross your path and take advantage of your unique talents. I love that line. That was yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. And that's the line that has Kaladin being like, ah, oh, I hated that. I kind of like this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bring you a portrait of unfaithful wife. You pour on the kerosene. She'll take a whole tank. <laughs> and the, the the little sprint is like, how can you like kind of like him after what he's done? And he's like, well, I didn't say he wasn't a bastard. He's just a likable bastard. And those are the worst kind, because when you feel them, when you kill them, you end up feeling guilty about it. OK, yeah. Shut up, Jiminy Cricket. And then we find out a little bit about high storms, because the wagon is leaking during this high storm. Uh, men like Tavlakiv couldn't afford luxury or even quality. Like if you become a slaver, it's because you can't afford to do anything else because everyone hates slavers, basically. Apparently, the map that he'd torn up also had the dates of high storms included on it, purchased from a roving storm warden, because the storms could be predicted mathematically. And when there's lightning and thunder, it's fine, but sometimes there's light without thunder, and that makes the slaves kind of freak out because they're thinking about the storm father or the lost the shades of the lost radiance or the void bringers or whatever it is that's supposed to wander out in the violent high storms. But Kaladin is not scared of storms in the army. He'd been forced to weather some under the protective outcropping of some piece of rock. So whatever's out there, it had never like killed him when he was in the storm. So the storm's initial tempest of water and wind, the storm wall was the most dangerous part. And then after that, it kind of trails off. So, what we get from this is that there's big storm and it is in some way regular as they are predicting the dates for it. We were told in Shalon's chapter, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a high storm tomorrow. So it affect it, the storms happen there and the storms are happening here where Kaladin is, whether it's a bunch of different storms or how that works. Who knows? But the storms are so tempestuous that he indicates that. A boulder could be thrown and just like land on the wagon that Tvlakov is hiding in and squish him dead, in which case the slaves would probably be left to starve to death in these boxes. So that's a thing, these storms. And then we we, we get a little philosophy of Spren where he's like, were wind Spren attracted to gusts of wind or were they the gusts of wind? Huh. And they pull down the sides of the wagon a little bit early to expose them to the rain that's coming down to wash off the stink. And Kaladin's like a little bit early to be taking down the sides, bluff. The master wants you plenty clean today. And after the storm, we see a whole lot of movement from these plants and things out here. After the high storm was when the land was most alive. Rockbud polyps split and sent out their vines. Other kinds of vines crept from crevices, licking up the water. Leaves unfolded from trees and shrubs. Insects buzzed. Large crustaceans, such as crabbers and leggers, left their hiding places. So it's not just that there's giant shoal crabs. There are also other kinds of crabs just running around. A legger, with its hair-like spines lifted to the air to give warning of changes in wind, climbed along the side of the cart. Uh, it's just all these crabs are creepy. <laughs> Someone who doesn't like seafood, he sure is going all in on the crabs, and it's making me hungry. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of want some crab now. You're you're not wrong. And uh, the little the little spren comes back and he's I saw others of your kind. Others? Yeah, wind spren chasing after the storm. Don't you want to go and hang out with them and not bother me? And she's like, no, nah, I like it here. This is great. But she also saw others like Kaladin. You mean more slaves? She's like, well, I don't know, people. 
not the ones here, other ones. And that's when he looks and he sees, yeah, there's smoke over there from chimneys, maybe. And as they approach, he realizes that there it is an army encampment. Great father of storms. Ten masses of troops bivouacked in Alethi patterns, camped in a series of enormous crater-like formations. It's the Shattered Plains. I spent years trying to get here. It's what Tien wanted in the end, at least, to come here and fight in the king's army. And after all this time, he accidentally ends up here. And the other slaves are like, oh, this is great. Maybe it's the king's army. Maybe we'll find justice here. They'll have to pay us. We'll be in foreign lands. And so apparently Alethi law requires that you pay your slaves. Way less than you have to pay other people, but you do have to pay them. Only ardents, who couldn't own anything anyway, didn't have to be paid. Well, them and parchment. But parchment were more animal than anything else. Eh. I know, right? It's messed up. So you could theoretically earn your freedom, but most people don't. The debt was enormous, far more than the slaves sold for, and virtually impossible mm. to earn out. Yeah. Not surprising that that's the way that uh, people yeah. set that up. I feel like it's pretty standard in fiction when there's some kind of indentured servitude thing. It's like, yeah, you're not actually going to be able to buy your freedom. Or in reality, honestly. Yeah, that's true. We've seen historical instances of the same thing. And so he, he under his previous masters, he demanded his wages be given to him, but they'd always found ways to cheat him, charging him for his housing and his food. Yeah, like, you're my slave, uh, but you're going to pay me for the food and the lodging. Rashon, Amaram, Katorotam, each light eyes Kaladin had known, whether slave, as a slave or a free man, had shown himself to be corrupt to the core for all his outward poison beauty. They were like rotting corpses clothed in beautiful silk. That's nice. But the king's army, the armies of all ten high princes are here to fulfill the vengeance pact. I wonder if that's like the oath pact that we heard about earlier. It's a pact anyway. And he says... uh, he all one thing that he hasn't lost yet is he longs for the chance to hold a spear again to fight and find his way back to the man he had been a man who cared if he would find that anywhere he'd find it here and that is the end of that uh, our section so yeah things may be looking up for Kaladin that's good uh, it'd be hard to look much further down than where <laughs> so you know he's at rock bottom so he only has up to go from here right yeah. Yeah. Unless there's a new rock bottom that he can find beneath the Oh rock. wow. Yeah. <laughs> like uh like under the rock. It's like there's yeah, the dirt. A sub there's the worms inside the dirt. <laughs> Look, there's a rock bottom. There was that one dude in the prelude who got left behind because he had to keep reincarnating to hell. Maybe he'll just hand his sword off to Khaled <laughs> and just go, This is yours now, I'm done with the hell. And that was like be what? Further, and he goes yeah. to hell. Yeah. That would be worse, you're right. That'll teach the, us to say you can't get worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, what is it? The the dirt, the worms inside the dirt, you, Popo Popo's stool, Kami, <laughs> then Popo. Yep. Uh, okay, so predictions, predigments. Where are we going from here? We've now met two main characters, which I say that because if you recall, at the very beginning of this section, it was like part one, and then there were the two names, which I told you guys, these will be our primary viewpoint characters, is the names at the beginning of each section. And there was right. Kaladin, there was Shalon. So here's our two main viewpoints right. for now. Yeah, um, so Kaladin, things looking up for him, hopefully. I would guess, my my predicament for Kaladin specifically at this point is, he's, he's going to get sold because he, because of his history, they're probably going to sell him, like, as 
a war slave or war servant, in which case he might see combat. They're going to like recognize, wow, this guy's really good at combat. And perhaps that will be kind of his stepping stone to becoming either free again or at least like, you know, held in, in a higher regard than his current standing. Um, that's kind of where I think his story's going. We haven't got as much perspective from the other character, but I assume she's about to meet this person that has agreed to take her on as a ward. And so I think the story from here on out is, is at least in the immediate future is going to be her kind of getting to know her new master and probably being thrown into some kind of research intrigue or academic intrigue. So that's, uh, that's kind of my immediate prediction. Academic intrigue, the best kind of intrigue. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got going in my brain right now overarching story themes not quite manifesting in my brain just yet but yeah i mean, I mean yeah you, you got some I mean, you're not no, not going out on any limbs here necessarily but uh, i think you've got some solid uh, foundation for for these things yeah that makes sense i mean if if shall if shalon shows up and doesn't start to, to get to become a ward af- after traveling mm-hmm. for six months to find the person who agreed to take her on that would be uh sad <laughs> Yeah, that would be a little like, oh, well, what do I do now? That would be funny if like she just walks in and they're like, well, uh, you're here. We understand you were looking for Jasna. Uh, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry yeah. to be, ha- be the ones to tell you, but uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, what a twist. Anyway, twist. uncover that uh, uncover that safe hand for me, baby. <laughs> Let's see what you got. Uh, and then Kaladin, yeah, I mean, what, what are the choices? Kaladin finds a way to like gradually kind of rise above the station he's found himself in or what somebody's gonna kick the shit out of him even more all right well sure yeah of the two i would hope for the you know more positive outcome for him right yeah uh you know <laughs> maybe maybe he'll run into his old buddy uh amaram out here who apparently sold him into slavery that would be yeah a turn sounds like he wants to kill oh, yeah it sounds like he wants to kill that guy so you know well i probably would too if someone sold me into slavery i'm just you know sure saying. yeah sure i 100 percent would yep no i get it i get <laughs> why hell go to hell and you die yeah at least throw a knife (laughs) you did that other guy right yeah do that good plan say my eye what did you do to my eye yeah so i think i think joe's got some good points there i think we've got the the tie is to the the former king i guess really because this is his daughter and now kaladin's off in the army that well, potentially off in the army that were fighting. They were on the king's side as well originally. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, they're the the, the army that's come out here is to get revenge for the king's death. So presumably they were, uh, yeah, friendly with him. Yeah, I just I was I couldn't remember which side of that he was on, but I was pretty sure it was the king's side. Which so so oh, we're, the one we're that on he came that Kaladin came from. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, yes, yeah, the one that he came from. Yes, but he wanted to get to the bigger battle, which is out here, which he's here now. So, uh, look, you know what? I feel like he deserves something a little nicer than where he's been. So I hope that he gets the outcome he wants here, whatever that really looks like for him. Not sure at this point. I think that the the princess is moving around a lot. So maybe, maybe Kaladin will be able to prove himself and, I guess, work upwards in the ranks out of slavery maybe and maybe they'll end up if if um shallon shallon i don't know how you pronounce it i say shallon pronunciation shallon 
you know, she's a ward to the the princess, then maybe they will end up meeting somewhere in the middle there. Hmm. It, it's not a strength, uh, not a stretch that they would not be able to find each other eventually. Yeah, I, I think she's going to go into her studies. Hopefully, hopefully that works out for her too. Uh, I'm really excited to learn a bit more about her family and you know how exactly they're going to maintain the secret that the father is dead. That sounds that sounds interesting. I hope we get to see the brothers as well. I don't know that that's a thing that'll happen straight away, but that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't I don't really have much more than that at this point. Just more, more wishes for our characters than anything of predictions of where it's going to go. But you know what? Maybe Kaladin will just find some more of those little black leaves that he was holding on to, and he'll be quite happy knowing he's got them back <laughs> to 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 kill whoever he needs to kill because it doesn't look like his current slave master transportation guy is going to die anymore. Uh, yeah, I hope he doesn't kill anybody, but I feel like he's going to at some point. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I guess it doesn't seem like Tavlakov is going to, we're not going to get revenge on him right away, probably. No, I think he's probably okay. He's, you know, a reasonable dude, probably doing things that he didn't want to do originally, but had to. Mm you know, get to the root cause of the problem, you know, not the current symptom, I guess. And I also agree that, like, really at this point, not just Shalon's brothers, but it's like, I want, I want to know more about that story. Like, yeah, Kaladin, what happened after that last chapter we saw? How did he end up being a slave? That is also a story that I want more of, but I kind of want to know what's up with her dad being dead and them keeping the secret. Like, this is interesting stuff, I think, uh, that we're getting little bitty hints of. Yeah, and I get, like, trying to not have to deal with their debts and be imprisoned or killed or anything for, for those debts yeah. that they've they've inherited. But it'll be interesting to see how they deal with those as they come up. Like, her identity is not a secret. They've just hidden that the dad is dead. Right. I wonder if there's any debts to the princess or anything there, or, like, her family would be mm. interested in navigating all of that. It's an interesting question. It's true. Hopefully we will find out more. Mm, I'm sure we will. There's plenty of book. Yeah, lots and lots of book. To go. <laughs> yeah, I got no idea. I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's say Kaladin goes full Spartacus and inspires a slave revolution. That'd be fun. <laughs> who doesn't like a sl- who doesn't like a slave revolution? Well, the slavers, yep. I guess. But <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point that the slavers yep. aren't big fans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd like to see that sort of thing. I always like seeing a good uprising story. I feel like, given how dense these books are, there's probably room for it to happen. But you know, then maybe there'll be another time skip, and then we'll find him already sitting like in Crazy Vaklav's chair and just going, "Now I have the crabs." Um, <laughs> and maybe it just turns into a road movie. He just like he's he's finally got to the shattered plains, and he wants to travel further to where he needs to go. So he. He takes the crabs and he and he and he rides his way through the battles and sees what we can see on this crazy world. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's too early, too early for me to start making educated guesses. I think so. Let's just go with the weird with the weird and wild shit. But yeah, I do like the whole suicide leaves that he's got. I want to see. I want to. I want to. That's been set up. I do want to see someone succumb to that at some point. So, hmm. The what was it called? Black Bean, I think. Yeah. Suicide leaves is fun. It's a it, it, it's now a Chekhov's gun. It has to come back somehow. <laughs> it won't. <laughs> but I'd like it if it did. I love this picture of like riding into battle on the back of one of these giant crabs and just. Well, that would be sick. Oh, 
Could you imagine like a battle like, oh, it looks like the the Chull? Is that the name? Yeah, Chull. Should probably, should probably start getting it right before people start yelling at me. It's like just imagine it's like, oh, what what's going on? Are they sending their Chull into battle? And it turns out no, it's just like soldiers are just using the shells as shields, ah. or it's like like you know they've got little like three or four people under a shell and they're moving forward like a sort of miniature tank. <laughs> I mean, that, that could be, depending on how thick and hard they are, that could be a very convenient source of uh, of shielding. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, actually. Okay, yeah, this is, putting that on the list. We're going to we're gonna see a, 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 a chull artificial tank or whatever. Uh, I don't know how to correctly say that. <laughs> Crab at thee. Crab at thee. Even better. Okay, yes, crab at the crab at the uh, our our new official battle cry for the Sandalines podcast. Crab oh, at the stick that in the sign off. Yeah, P.S. Basher. Crab at the. <laughs> I'm gonna think on that one. That may be that may be a little bit long for uh, to add to what we already have, but I kind of like it. Okay, see if we find something better than that, but I like it. <laughs> I've completely forgotten what else I was going to say in response to all the stuff you just said. My, you, you, all that went right out of my brain with the crap. Okay. I like to think that's a gift I have. Yeah, yeah. Just say, well so done, well pe- done, sir. Pe- pe- people are just like, what the fuck are you on about? What are we talking about? Where are we? What's going on? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> moving on to uh, what is uh, what else do we do on this show? Oh, we have lots of things today, actually. Uh, I'll start by saying... For the next time, two chapters, five and six. Six is a bit lengthier than some of the chapters we've had so far. So for anyone reading along, five and six for next time, which I believe gives us one Shalon and one Kaladin chapter. So it's a nice little mix. In the meantime, what we have is we've got emails. We've got several emails. I'll probably only read like half of them. We've got new review. We've got new patron. We've got somebody sent us a message on Discord that I'm going to read before I forget to do that. So we'll start with that one, because that's the unusual place that I don't always uh, look. I'm really just wondering how much of this is going to be reactions to our feelings at the end of Warbreaker. I'm like, oh boy, this could be interesting. Yeah, right? Uh, but it's it, it has been a couple of weeks since the last time we recorded, so this stuff has had a little time to build mm-hmm. up. It's true. Uh, the, the Discord message we got is from Matthias, who says, Hello, Dak, Joe. I'm sorry. Hello, Data, Joe, Dak, and Jamie. I've immensely enjoyed listening to your journey through Warbreaker. Now that you finished it, I have to ask, how surprising were the final twists to you in comparison to the previous books you've read? So we'll stop there and you can, how surprising were the twists? Uh, surprising twists in the end. Um, I've not really thought about it in terms of the twists for the ends of the books and like how they compare. They're all kind of different. I mean, I don't think I was shocked and now it's been a couple of weeks and we've already established that I don't remember anything on the show. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, what book were we reading? No. Um, I think some of the ending pieces, they tied up fairly nicely, but I wasn't particularly shocked Yeah, that I can remember. And I also can't remember, I actually can't remember like a particularly shocking ending of any of the other books. I don't know if it's just how we, how we read them that we've got an opportunity to stitch a few more details. There's definitely still surprises, but I don't really remember anything being like, well, my God, there was no foreshadowing. And I absolutely didn't see that being the ending at all. Like we didn't see it, but when you presented with it, you kind of go, okay, I can see how we got there. Mm -hmm. 
that makes sense. Yeah, I I think from I I think the biggest like shock ending that we've had is probably Well of Ascension when you find out that like the text has been changed this whole time and what you thought you were reading wasn't really what was written. Um, mm. That's probably uh, yeah. I think yeah. that's the biggest that we've had. And and for Warbreaker, I guess it would also depend on what you consider the biggest twist in the ending. Like, what do you consider the ending? Like, for me, the biggest thing that happened that I didn't expect in Warbreaker that you might consider a twist is that I can't even remember her name, even though we just finished the book. But the female god, what was her name? Oh, uh, Blushweaver. Yeah, the, that was the biggest twist in the book to me, that she was just, like, killed on the spot. Like, that was mm. shocking. I don't, I don't know that yeah. I necessarily consider that a twist, but that was probably the most shocking thing in the book that I wasn't expecting to happen, and it happened very suddenly. The rest of the stuff, I mean, it was really cool when when uh, uh, Light Song used his breath to heal uh, the God King's tongue, and then he used his, all his uh, awakening powers. That was really cool. I don't know that it was, again, I don't know that it was necessarily a twist, but it was cool. I'd, I'd say that one was probably... That was satisfying on the level of Sazed using his knowledge of all the religions to remake the world properly. Mm. In that sense, that was probably a, that was a really satisfying. Uh, you can yeah. call it a twist if you want for the ending. I think for me, the biggest twist at the end was that Vasha was actually the original god whose name escapes me, who left the oh, breath uh, with the god kings. Peace giver. That's the one. Yeah. Also, Warbreaker. Also, <laughs> Warbreaker. The yeah, title no. of the book. That one was not a surprise for Dak because he called it kind of. The yeah, but I was calling it for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't as shocked. I mean, some of those revelations about him, like who exactly he was, were very interesting. But I, I kind of been thinking he was returned most of the book. So. Yeah, that's fair. I, I still had not. I, I, I wasn't really putting together that he was returned until the end when you were really um stressing it when we discussed and i was like really oh i guess that kind of makes sense like that all just washed over me completely so well the the whole stature thing and looking godly like him at the end that was cool because i was like oh he was hiding it that makes more sense yeah yeah i'm not at all surprised that jamie remembered blush weaver because she like jamie you have you have the thing where you'll lock on to the one person (laughs) in the book and you're like i hate that person so of course you remember i just don't like her yeah. yeah, I yeah. don't. I, I don't think she deserved uh, the death she got, but you know, right. I still didn't. Ooh, let's do the list. Uh, let's do the list, Jamie. List your your most hated character so far of the Cosmere. Oh, uh, it's got to be um, uh, Princess. Yes, her. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't like her. <laughs> Pink Powderpuff. Wait, who? Allrian. Pink Powderpuff. Allrian. Oh, Allrian. Yeah, she's the worst. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. She is the worst. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, have, uh... any, I don't have spook level hate. Like, there's no right, character right. that I'm like, you are really annoyed. I think I get really annoyed when a character is given so much time and I just feel like they give nothing to the story and then they're just mm. awful on top of it. Like, at least Blushweaver has yeah. purpose. To the story, I feel like Orion yeah. just was just there and was just annoying. Yeah. Mistborn Era 2, was there anybody that you're like, oh, I don't like this character? That mm. mayor dude. The mayor, the mayor guy, I think. Uh, uh, mayor of yeah. Bilming. Uh, yeah. He showed up oh. in the party and morning. Uh, yeah, like he was, he was annoying, but I guess he sort of had a purpose as well. Yeah, and he wasn't on page for a lot of it. Yeah. 
I don't recall anyone in Era 2 that I was like, oh, this character again. Well, that's good. I'd, I'd say Ulrian and Blushweaver are probably the two. Gave Entron was that guy's name, by the way. That guy. Yeah. I, I feel like there's. Okay. I, I feel like you had somebody in Elantris also, and I'm trying to remember. It may have been the king. Everyone hated the king, though. Everyone hated the king. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just, not great. He also wasn't there for very long. Also, the difference there is um, mm-hmm. everyone in the narrative hated him too. True. So mm-hmm. we're kind of just we're, we're in sync with the people in the narrative. It's yeah. The, the thing I I often have is like if I really dislike a character, but everyone in everyone in universe praises the shit out of them, that bothers me. Like that's why I mm-hmm. abs- that's why my dislike of Mystique in the uh, the the new X Men movies got turned up to 100 because i'm just like i already didn't like this character and everyone will not shut the fuck up about how she's a wonderful wonderful person i'm just like she's not what movie are you watching and she gets put in charge of the x-men and yeah no, I, I oh, yeah well it's, yeah it's, it's just because we, you got the big name so yeah yeah that's that's yeah. all it was <laughs> okay Let's go back to Matthias's uh, what he says. I know Warbreaker isn't the most exciting book as it leans heavily into politics and banter without as much exploration of magic and or time set aside for action. Still, I personally found the light, sacrifice of Light Song satisfactorily foreshadowed and Susbron having his potential fully realized to be quite epic. The ending is a bit schmaltzy, but sweet nonetheless. I'm looking forward to you starting the Stormlight Archive and the Way of Kings next week, and I'm likely to be cackling hysterically over your collective confusion over the start of the book. Anyways, congratulations on finishing another Cosmere book. I wish you all well and wasing to the time of wasing to the storming time of next. Colo, P.S. Fasher. See what you that did would, there. Yeah, that would be more succinct to just stick mm. storming in there, but uh, mm. yeah, okay. So thank you, Matthias, for sending us uh, th- this Discord <laughs> message. Appreciate it. It's, thank you, and I hope we're delivering on your expectations of the confusion. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's do let's do our one new review from Apple Podcasts next. So Joe, get ready with ah. this. Ah. Oh, okay. So this one is from Gabby is very cool on Apple Podcasts. Five star. Love this pod. I discovered this pod while they were reading Warbreaker. I was also reading Warbreaker. I love getting other people's thoughts on the book. I went back to listen to The Lost Metal, which was great. Their next book is Way of Kings, which is too perfect because that's also my next smiley face heart. Ah. What a, what a sweet review. You're a seer. Ooh, Adam. Nice. We got some people sending screenshots of uh, their reviews on like Spotify that uh, so keep keep your missing thing handy, but I want to jump over to before we get into emails, I want to do our new patron so I don't forget them. So, get the other list ready. Our new patron at the misting level is Jay Riley. Jay Riley. Uh, let's see, Jay. You can be... Ah, Jay, you can be a brute. You store physical strength. Nice. There you go. You nice ain't junkie, because that just got escalated. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for, for joining the Patreon. If you, anyone out there you want to check out our Patreon, you can find us on Patreon. It's The Sanderlanch. There's a link on our website, and currently going up are my reactions to... Read as I'm reading the new secret project for the first time. It's called The Sunlit Man. So if you're interested in that, check that out. That was a nice thing to come home to from our holiday. Like get to the doorstep. Oh look, there's a box. <laughs> I haven't got mine yet, but that's because uh, since I have the whole year, mine are always like the book boxes. I'm always on the last end of that. Yeah, yeah I haven't got very, mine either though. It's a very pretty book. It does look cool from the covers that I've seen. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I actually love the color scheme in the artwork. Uh, it's still wrapped up in plastic. I probably won't unwrap it till we read it. So, you know, I'll see you in four years. I've heard that you have to be careful about leaving books wrapped in plastic because the moisture can start damaging them if it gets trapped, if there's it's been trapped in there for a while. Oh, shit, really? All right, I better unwrap those then. That's that's what I've heard because the uh, the leather bounds come wrapped in plastic and people are like, oh, I'm not going to unwrap it. And then other people are like, oh, no, you need to unwrap it. But so uh, that's just what I've heard. I don't, uh, I'm not a I'm not an expert in these matters. All right. Well, maybe I'll just err on the side of caution. Unwrap it. Yay. That's why I unwrapped mine. Like I didn't have my leather bound stormlight unwrapped until I read that. And I was like, you know what? Side of caution is the way to go on that. Uh, OK, emails. We have an email entitled Onwards to Stormlight. And this one is from Justin. It says, hello there. It's Justin from Always Another Podcast. I just finished listening to your Warbreaker finale episode, and I'm joining the large group that's quite excited for the crew to move into Stormlight. It's been quite a journey, but then again, there's more significant. That's more significant than the destination, isn't it? Going through the Warbreaker with y'all was a lot of fun. It's one of the Cosmere books that it's been a while since I'd read. I have to agree that Warbreaker has some really excellent characters and also a very strangely paced ending. I'm going to be very curious to see what the consequences of your chosen reading order is on your impression of Way of Kings. There are some books that I'm very glad you got to before Way of Kings, and some that I wouldn't have chosen this way, but I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome. Interesting. Uh, And then he says, for data, but I'm going to read it anyway because I don't think there's anything uh, in here that I should not read. I wanted to say thanks for being a significant part of the inspiration for starting Always Another Podcast. Your show and following Noah Don were two of the major reasons for getting our show off the ground, and it's going to be so cool to compare our approaches. Given our reading schedules, we may actually end up doing some the same chapters in the same week at some point. I'll email again when our, quote, paths cross. So, yeah, Always Another Podcast is uh, they're doing similar to us. They finished the first era of Mistborn not terribly long ago, and then they just finished Elantris, which uh, I think they got through it faster than we did. But I've uh, I, I started they, listening they do, to them. They they do more chapters at a time than we do, I believe. Yeah, well, I, I feel like in Elantris especially, but in Elantris was weird for us too because like sometimes we did like a giant chunk of chapters. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed their show. You guys, uh, anyone out there? Check it out. If uh, you're into this show, you will probably they're they're doing some fun stuff over there. They've got. Uh, some entertaining hosts. I love Beth. She's great. Them and Following Noadon were two of podcasts that I listened to. Uh, following Noadon was also similar to what we're doing, but they started with Stormlight, and their name is a reference to Stormlight. So, so that uh, was that one of the guys we met at the the convention from Following Noadon. Uh, yeah, we met a guy at the convention from Following Noadon. Yeah, nice guy. Gave us cards. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Justin. Awesome to hear from a fellow Sanderson podcast out there doing cool stuff yeah that's that's one of those like it'd be fun to listen to that but i I know they've got some got some newcomers as well who haven't read anything but i just i just don't know i'm always leery about anything sanderson related in general it's like what if something comes up that i shouldn't know yet so i haven't haven't listened to their show but i I do wish you guys all the best with your journey yeah yeah i i I don't encourage uh it because uh for for you guys because other people don't always have the same ideas about what constitutes a spoiler as I do. And so I'm like, I am trying to keep you guys like in a very narrow lane. And so I don't want something to be spoiled just because someone else, is, yeah. you know, they're doing Mistborn Era 1, but someone's like, oh, well, this isn't really that much of a spoiler for Stormlight. Well, maybe maybe I disagree with you. Yeah. So, so no, what Data's no, no trying to, to say it. is he's better. He's better than everyone else. No, That's what he's trying to say. That is not what I said. Uh, um. <laughs> 
the, the next email is from Trevin. It says, hello. Hello, Sander Lance crew. Hopefully I'm timing this right so that you read it at the beginning of Stormlight. If not, then oh well. I'm very excited for you to read Stormlight. It took me a long time to read book one, and there were very large gaps in between sessions. So I feel like I missed out on the first read experience. But listening to you all go through it should make up for that. Not sure if Data will read this part in the episode, but once the Sander Lanch hits in Stormlight Book 1, it doesn't stop for the rest of the series. It just keeps speeding up. Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that, but I'm not going to fight you. I've just finished Book 3 a few minutes before typing this email, and it made me go, wait, hang on, what? Several times. Anyway, sorry for the long email. I hope, sincerely hope you enjoy reading Stormlight Archive. And here's the first and only review I've made on Spotify, and we get a picture of his uh, five-star Spotify rating. Ooh. Hey, you're an auger, Trevin. Nice. And a sandwich that starts at the end of book one and continues on for at least three other books. That just sounds... <laughs> I don't... Uh, it sounds stressful. Sounds too right? good to be true. It sounds man. exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds too good to be true. I don't think that that's going to be true. I, I don't know if that would be good. You're just like, slow down, please. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> no, I love it. Stop, stop flattering me. Yeah. When will the climax end? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, the uh, the next one is from hmm, H. I'm going to say H. A-I-S-H. As it says, hello, everyone. Sion? No, that was spelled differently. Oh. But that is how I said the Sion's name, which actually I was listening to always another podcast, and they always called him Ash. And I was like, maybe that's right, but uh, I, just, I, uh. I can't do it in my brain. Uh, it's, hello, everyone. I started reading Brandon Sanderson books after being introduced to Tress of the Emerald Sea as a, quote, Princess Bride kind of book, which I love. You're, you're a real newbie. Right? Yeah. I loved it and then started the Mistborn series. I was just so overwhelmed by the Sanderlanch part of the books, but had no one to talk to about it and was looking for podcasts to see if anyone else's mind was blown like mine was. I started listening to your podcast from Hero of Ages and have followed along since then. Currently reading Shadows of Self, so I imagine it's going to be a long time before I catch up and hear this email. I just wanted to thank you guys for your podcast. I love reading with you and having my own personal book club. I love all the predictions and theories and data. Having you lead it is great because I know I'm getting the full fan experience. I did join the Discord recently, and maybe at some point we'll engage on there. Happy reading from me. Ah, cool. I love that when people find our show like now. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I, I think I was a bit condescending when I said you're a real newbie. I didn't mean that in a bad way. It's like, <laughs> like I, I welcome welcome to the same yeah. so I hope you enjoy. Hey, we were all newbies, you know, not too long ago, so it's no big deal. But yeah, I know a tress came out this year, so that is pretty new. Yeah, yeah. That that yes, that is the context in which I meant it. So I I I would love getting to be a newbie at that point and getting to read all the books again for the first time. Part of the reason for doing the podcast mm -hmm. is because experiencing it with other people who are experiencing it for the first time is almost like doing it for the first time again. So Yeah, that's true. The way the way to approach like new fans of something that you've been a fan of for a while. I recently saw something online which is like, oh, that is the perfect summary. It's like got Zuko like looking super angry. He's like, Uncle, the like the like these these guys are posers. They're like they're like they haven't read or seen everything, and like they're not real fans. And then it's Iroh just going. It's like everyone begins their journey at some point. Now we have more new friends to have a nice cup of tea with. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. As as with everything, be the Iro. <laughs> be the Iro that you want to see in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Saving a couple emails for next time. Mm. So yeah, thank you guys for the emails. Love getting emails, especially you know the the conversation provoking kind. 
always ends up taking us somewhere interesting. Maybe not where you expected when you sent when you wrote the email, but we always end up somewhere. So if you'd like to send us an email, the address is the Sander Lanch, no space. There's a the, there's an e on the end at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and X and Facebook, and we talked about the Patreon already. If you want to go check that out, remember two new chapters for next time chapters five and six if you're following along music by miracle of sound and wasing to the time of next colo ps fasher oh i've already i've already forgotten i, I almost said crabs crab ahoy thing. yeah crab at, i was like crabs ahoy no that's not right damn it <laughs> crabs ahoy <laughs> crab at the crabs ahoy <laughs> i like crabs ahoy <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Mess that up. Bye.